Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Hello, today I am so pleased and excited to have Dr. Larry Burke on the show. Larry is a medical doctor and a certified energy healer, healing practitioner, and he is a holistic radiologist and dream tapping coach and author of Dreams That Can Save Your Life, Early Warning Signs of Cancer and Other Illnesses. Dr. Brooks' transition from one of the leading MRI researchers on MRI at the knee and shoulder in the 1980s to become co-founder of Duke Duke Integrative Medicine in the 1990s and a certified energy health practitioner in 2010 is described in his another book called Let's Let Magic Happen Adventures in Healing with a Holistic Radiology. Welcome to the program Dr. Burke. Ah, it's great to be here, and I enjoy doing these kind of interviews. So, yes, good, good. Should I call you Dr. Burke or Larry? What do you? Prefer? Well, um, if you want to talk about radiology and MRI scans, you can call me Dr. Burke. If you want to talk about coaching <laughs> or EFT or any of those things, you can call me Larry. Okay. So. Great. I think I think I'll call you Larry today. Uh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I found out about your work through Karen Newell. Um, I had interviewed her and she, um, your name came up. Um, I can't remember exactly why. And when I read that you had done work on dreams, I've never, you know, really had anybody on the show other than talking about, you know, um, which is very important, connecting with the afterlife and and visitations and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So I was really interested and you know what you're doing and also that you um had dove into Ed- edgar casey's work he's i'm a big i'm a big fan of that also and i am in the middle of taking a shamanic course too so i know you've really dove into Great. all those things too so tell us about how you became you went from becoming one of the leading mri researchers how how did you how did you um go from being dr burke to larry <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I, I'll say it all started in 1987, and many different things, like a perfect storm of things, happened. Um, my dad got kidney cancer, and I sort of became his guide through all the alternative therapies. Uh, and so, so that was, and, and he went on like a six-year journey, and I, through acupuncture and macrobiotics, all kinds of things. So I. That was like my initiation into alternative medicine. And then the second thing that happened was I found my first metaphysical bookstore when I moved to Philadelphia, which was the legendary Garland of Letters. And I wound up, uh, one of my best friends in radiology took me there as a joke uh, when I came from my interview from Pittsburgh. 
And so I look at all the incense and the crystals and, and you know, and all these woo-woo books. And, and he didn't realize that once I got to Philadelphia, I would go back there every week and buy another book for two years. What? So. And what did you say the name of it is? Garland Legend. of Letters. Garland, Garland of Letters. Of letters. It's, it's what? And I'm sure that has a story behind it. What yeah. a great name. They're affiliated with the Sky Yoga Foundation. And, okay. And it's one of the few remaining independent metaphysical bookstores you know, left uh, in a big city. Uh, the the yeah. Bodhi Tree bookstore uh, that Shirley MacLaine had her experiences in closed in LA a couple years ago. So that was Oh real. my gosh, I would have thought they would have been springing up. I know we have one here called Awakenings, but um, wow, I can't believe so many, so many are closing down. Yeah, and it's, it's a real loss. And the, the, the third thing that happened was I did watch Shirley MacLaine's movie Out on a Limb, which was a two-part miniseries, which was way ahead of its time. And it's still available for free on YouTube. You can watch oh, Out wow. on a Limb, which was the title of her one of her books. But that m- movie had everything in it, out-of-body experiences, psychics, mediums, UFOs, uh, the works. And that really blew my mind quite a bit and she also said why go out on a limb you know that's where the fruit is so you know um and and then um and and that was like really an unexpected you know thing that caught me by surprise seeing that on mainstream tv and it was and that was also the harmonic convergence is happening that year. Yeah. And I also joined the Society of MRI Safety Committee where we were investigating problems with MRI scanners in the early days, you know, metal objects flying into the MRI scanner, uh, um, but also people being claustrophobic inside the scanner, which eventually prompted me to learn hypnosis. Uh, which led me really into alternative medicine because that was, we could either give people Valium. If you took a Valium by mouth, it didn't work for half the time. If you gave them an IV, it worked great, but sometimes people would forget to breathe when they're in the MRI scanner, which is highly recommended if you want to live through the whole hour procedure. So, So hypnosis turned out to be a great way as an alternative to doing drugs and people could, be empowered to get through their experience, walk home, when, you know, drive home when they when they got out of the magnets. Eventually, we trained a lot of the MRI technologists how, how to do basic hypnosis for their patients. So that was really my, that year was life-changing for me. I just moved from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia. So, so did your dad, did do you see a lot of, um, did it help him when he dove into all of his? Oh, yeah, he, guess, he looked uh, really good healthy for five years uh, worked full-time um he uh macrobiotics he'd been a meat meat and potatoes you know farm Mm -hmm. boy from minnesota and macrobiotics was a huge shift he also did uh, bernie siegel visualizations and he uh, uh, really I did acupuncture for pain control and that was it. You know, so. Right. And then you studied acupuncture for physicians, correct? Yeah. And I was interested in acupuncture way back then in 1987, but I, I didn't get to take the course until 1998, which was the year we 
founded the Duke Integrative Medicine Center. So then, yeah, right. that was, and I practiced acupuncture for five years at Duke and then eventually uh, got divorced and remarried an acupuncturist. So when I married a real acupuncturist, I, I decided it was time to retire. So, and, and yeah. that's on, I, I mean, I had 300 hours of training and she had 3000. So that made a, a magnitude of difference. And, right. and then you, you retired from acupuncture. Yes. And, and, but I had learned <laughs> enough hypnosis, enough acupuncture that when emotional freedom techniques came along and I learned it in 2002, that was the perfect combination of both of those two worlds. And so I, and I eventually wound up doing the tapping combined with the hypnosis in the, the usual 10 minute protocol that I do. So. Wow. That's, it's, it's so inspiring to hear, to hear, you know, physicians who, I mean, let's face it, Western civilization, um, many are not open to, I think it's changing, but a lot of this, you know, alternative and wow, you were just so open-minded and so ready for it. It sounds like, so tell us, um, how did you, how are you inspired to start your dream research? So one of my closest friends in, in uh, 2004 had this vivid dream about being operated on by a woman surgeon on her breast and she didn't have any symptoms, no lumps or bumps. And, but the dream was so vivid that she went for a mammogram uh, the next day and it was normal. She had pretty dense breasts, which sometimes you can't find the cancer. So the radiologist said she'd come back in a year. She said, no, no, I, I think I have breast cancer and didn't tell the radiologist why and insisted on having an ultrasound. The radiologist said, no, we don't do ultrasounds if, if there's no lump or something on the mammogram. And my friend Diane said, well, I'm not leaving until you do the ultrasound. So, wow. And then three hours goes, well, I wouldn't even know where to begin. She said, just put it right here. And that's where the dream had showed the cancer. And that's where it was. So, uh, radiologist looks about as shocked as you are right now. So, yeah, she was uh, <laughs> pretty stunned. Uh, mm -hmm. And then a week later, Diane went for the appointment with the surgeon to get the biopsy. And it was the, the woman surgeon from the dream. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, and so that, that, that started, started your dream research. Yeah, that, that was your it. first. And then I had another friend have a similar experience and another one. Uh, the third one, unfortunately the doctors ignored her, her dream and she wound up dying of metastatic breast cancer. So um, that was a the cautionary uh, tale. And I, I described these three stories in my, uh, there's a TED talk on my website at LarryBurke.com yeah. and that TED talk got censored. That's what I saw. Um, but uh, you can still watch it. So, um, yeah. and, and, uh, and yeah, so I dedicate a lot of my talks to, to Sonia Lee Shield who, who had that experience we, and we never want to see repeated. So, right. and then once I did a survey and had 18 different women report their, their stories, then one of them, Kat O'Keefe Cannabis encouraged me to write a book and was my co-author and, and she was one of the star dreamers in, in, in the study. And then we started getting reports of other types of cancer. One of my uh, high school friends who I hadn't seen in 30 plus years uh, sent me a Facebook message said, oh, I had um, dreams about having blood in the toilet uh, night after night until I got really worried about it and I went and had a colonoscopy and 
she found that little tiny colon cancer that had already spread to the lymph nodes. So she had to have chemo and, and surgery. That was 13 years ago and she did fine. So she caught it before it had gone to her liver and other places like that. So. Right. Wow. So, so your book, is it a compilation of these different Yeah, it's based Dreams that Can Save Your Life, Early Warning Signs of Cancer and Other Diseases. And it's, you can see the link on my website and, and it's came out in 2018 and we, we still get people emailing us with different stories. And, and um, my, my, my favorite story in the book is this 29 year old woman who's got stage four uterine cancer, like she's got very little chance of surviving. She's got a you know, uh, single mother and she's pretty desperate. They told her she had a 5% chance of surviving if she went through really strong chemotherapy and that, mm-hmm. not very good odds. And this is, this is 20 plus years ago. And so she has a dream uh, where a silver uh, flying saucer spaceship lands on her uh, backyard and the aliens get out and they come up and they whisper in her ear, you need some interferon, uh, which was an experimental drug back in those days. And then they gave her a little uh, syringe full of it. And that was it. And she was a pretty experienced dreamer. So she took that as guidance from on high to, to, that she needed to get some interferon. So she went to the doctor and said, can I have some interferon? And the doctor was, and he said, how did, how do you even know to ask for that? And she said, well, I had a dream about it last night. And he was so blown away that he, he ordered her some. And, and she went into remission and, and as 18 years later is still uh, healthy. So wow. that's a great dream guidance story. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I um, am doing a, a series on plant medicine, mm-hmm. specifically ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually attended a, a retreat and so many people talked about that we're getting a little out there right now, but it's, it's true. These are honest, you know, these are true stories sure. during their experiences, having aliens come in and actually work on, you know, work on them and do a surgery and come out and their, and their condition is, is gone or remedied, or they know they need to have to go to the doctor. So that's, that's a that's a really interesting you know correlation, isn't it? Well, well a good friend of mine is the most uh, uh, reputable UFO experiencer in North Carolina, and his name's Christopher Bledsoe, and he had a, a series of amazing uh, healings. Uh, he he's had two near death experiences before his 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 experience is documented in a uh, Discovery Channel TV show from two thousand eight. It's called, he lives in Fayetteville, North Carolina. It's called The Fayetteville Incident. And 2007, Christopher, he couldn't ask for a better witness. He's, he owned a multi-million dollar construction company. It was a commercial airline pilot, uh, you know, born again Christian, you know, like a rock solid, you know, uh, guy. Right. Owns the, the record for the largest bear killed in North Carolina, you know. So, uh, <laughs> well, there you have yeah, it. There you have it. <laughs> so apparently at, at age, age 10, he was out bird hunting with his best friend uh, who got, thought he, his best friend thought he got a bird and, and went to shoot again. And he, he blew a hole in Christopher's back about that big. Uh, he shot him point blank with a shotgun right in the back. Uh, 
And to this day, Christopher still has shotgun pellets coming out the other side of his chest uh, and a big scar in the back of his chest. And and it was the newspapers reported miraculous, the boy who survived the, the, the shooting. And then I guess... Uh, years after that, he developed Crohn's disease, which, you know, bad disease of, of your yeah. gastrointestinal tract. And wait, but when he was shot, was that when he had one of his near-death experiences? Well, he didn't know why he, yeah, he had a near-death experience then, but he didn't, didn't know right. why he survived. Uh, you know, it was a miracle. Yes. And so years later, he got Crohn's disease, which is really terrible. He's taken all this medication for it. Uh, there was a fraudulent doctor in North Carolina who was overdosing all his patients and he died from an overdose and had another near-death experience and survived that. And then in 2007, he took his construction crew out to celebrate building a million dollar home and they went out in the Cape Fear River on a fishing trip. And Christopher, unfortunately, couldn't fish because Crohn's disease made him so uncomfortable he had to go for a walk. So he goes, yeah. he says, I'm going to walk back up the hill. We came down and you guys just fish. And his son was with the, and these guys were like ZZ Top, uh, Duck Dynasty, you know, roofers, you know, <laughs> kind of like, you know. And, and so he went up the hill. As he was walking up the hill, he's a hunter. He felt like someone was stalking him as he went up the hill. He got to the top of the hill and he... Uh, you know, sees a bunch of strange lights in the sky, like three lights. And, and he, he's an airline pilot. So he knew that those weren't, that wasn't the sun and some. Stars. Right. And so he was also an airplane. Yeah, pilot. <laughs> an air, commercial airline pilot. Yeah. So, so he, uh, he ducks behind a bush, gets kind of creeped out and then he runs back down the hill and he'd gone up the hill at five thirty when he got back to the, to the fishing camp his, his, his roofers were like, where the hell you been, man? It's dark. And it was like four hours later, you know? Uh, so he had lost the whole four hours of, of his life and the roofers were like, and, and your son disappeared. He went off looking for you. And they found his son huddled under uh, a, a bush in a fetal position, babbling about the, the little creatures with the red eyes. And, uh, and, and so in the midst of all this, wow. the roofers were getting pretty freaked out. And then, Across the, the river, these three ships land on the, on the ground right across the river, like 100 yards away. And by this time, they just jump in the pickup truck and they fly up the hill. And Christopher, just the story just goes on. He, he yeah. finally, he, at the top of the hill, there's a ship on the ground blocking their exit. Somebody shoots a gun. Uh, the ship disappears and, and they finally get home. He locks himself in his house like that's going to really help, you know. And, right, right. And, and, and then he and his son are in the house, and they hear their hunting dogs barking in the backyard. So one of the big hunting dogs goes out the door. They follow the dog uh, in the back, and then they, uh, the, the dog disappears. And Christopher turns around, and there's a little uh, gray uh, alien standing right in front of him. Like, and Christopher kind of goes, Oh yeah, yeah, you got me, you know, and uh, and then the dog runs up and the thing disappears. So they go back in the house again, lock the doors again, and then they look out the kitchen window and there's eight foot tall beings on the front lawn. He says, "That's it, I'm leaving," and he gets in the pickup truck and drives away. And they sleep in a field somewhere, and he forgets to take his Crohn's medications with him, and he never takes it again. He's completely healed, and in the the MUFON uh, investigation that they put in the TV show, uh, they they actually um, took, put him under hypnosis, and he goes back and 
and has this whole experience of being taken on a ship and, uh, and all kinds of wild stuff. Having it done, but he, yeah. he does have a uh, recall of being healed by the white lady. So the shimmering uh, E.T. Blessed Virgin Mary basically um, healed yeah. him and his Crohn's disease went away. And now he realizes that when he was 10, they took him up in the ship, healed him and brought him back down after he got the shotgun. So, um, Oh, he was only 10 was when that 10 happened. When the shotgun happened. So, so, so he realizes wow. now that they've been watching him the whole time. And yeah. So really interesting. Yeah. Um, do you know Russell Targ? I'm sure you I've, do. I met him years ago at a parapsychology. Yeah. Meeting. Yeah. I'm reading a book on him right now. I'm hoping to interview him because I'm really so interested in, in all of that. Well, and now, and, and the, the punchline now is that Christopher is collaborating with a religious scholar, a Catholic scholar from the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, who wrote a book uh, called American Cosmic, UFOs, Religion and Technology, talking about how oh Uf UFOs are the new American religion. And, and Interesting. She, and they've been in Hollywood for the last seven years negotiating a TV series that's supposed to come out next year, and it's going to be called American Cosmic. And, and the white lady comes back to visit Christopher um, every couple of years and she came last Easter and, and gave him predictions that we were heading into a seven year period of tribulation and until 2026. So, Well, you know, it's, so do you think that he was healed? Does he feel as if his purpose now is that they're giving him information yeah. to share with the world? Yeah. yeah. She yeah. comes back every yeah. once in a while and tells him, start speaking up again you know, and, and now's the time to get your story out. So, yeah. Right, right. Wow. Fascinating. It's, it's so, I know for my listeners, some of you are just probably like, oh my gosh, they're totally going off on the, but, but <laughs> as I always say, is that um, I always remember a quote by Wayne Dyer and it's the, not, not that I'm, I'm calling anyone, um, ignorant at all, even though that's not a bad word, it's just not knowing. Um, but the ultimate ignorance is, is completely rejecting an idea, yet refusing to investigate. Sure. And when you, when you begin to investigate these sorts of things, in my mind, it's irrefutable, all of it. And I've been under an investigative surge for the last <laughs> quite a few years. <laughs> What is the history of dreams in medicine and, yeah. and healing? Well, that goes way back to, well, the aboriginals actually, you know, have been yes. doing a, the dream time for 50,000 years. But in modern times, it's really the Asclepian temples of Greece where people would make a pilgrimage to the Asclepian temple. Asclepius was the Greek god of medicine and healing. And they would go there with the intention of being healed of some condition and when they arrived, they would sleep in the temple in hopes of having a dream that would guide their healing process. In the morning, the priest would uh, interpret their dream for them and help them. And sometimes if the dream was powerful enough, it would, they'd be healed instantly, you know, by, by the dream itself. Right. So, yeah, and then Native Americans have a long tradition of shamanic big dreams. Those are the, the dreams that wake you up and and, and startle you and are more real than real. And right. you know, many shamans uh, put a lot of credence in dreams. Uh, you know, many of the great Native American prophets had dreams and visions. And, and of course, one, one of the 
principal spiritual practices is the vision quest where you go through, um, uh, you know, like it's basically a dream quest and you want to be sleep deprived and, and go without food and, until you have a vision. So how can one in Western civilization, you know, where this is all, it's, it's unfortunate that many have dreams. They just think, oh, that wasn't real. I had this crazy dream. How, how can one interpret, interpret their dreams or even possibly try to dream about something that they want to find out or yeah, you well, use the word incubate, incubate or, or yeah. Yes. Um, and um, the first thing to do is just get yourself a dream diary. You know, any, I usually use those yes. little composition books from the drugstore, you know, uh, and the key thing is just write down a question you want an answer to that. That's the way you start. And it right. could be a question about a relationship, about a uh, job, about a health problem, whatever it is, whatever's on your mind, just make it a concrete intention to, to remember a dream about it and then go to sleep. And any dream that you get that night is going to be related to that question, even though it seems to have no connection to it whatsoever. It's still an answer right. from the dream world. And, and just writing that question down tells the dream world you're open for business. So, you know, get ready. And many people say, oh, I don't remember my dreams. But as soon as they do that, they, boom, they start remembering them. So, uh, and, Interesting. And, you, and the only rule is you can only ask one question a night because you want to know what the dreams are answering. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can ask the same question every night until you get an answer. It's fine. Or, or you can ask a clarifying dream, which means you got a weird dream last night. I want to know what it means. So ask yes. another one. So, yeah, you know, I know when I've had dreams, um, especially of loved ones who have passed, those dreams are so vivid and so much more real than that, than, you know, what I'm going to call a, a regular dream. Is that the same for when you ask these questions? Is it usually, um, you know, th those dreams are different about for are, everybody. Are, are visitation dreams, you know, and when people, yes. uh, the, the true visit, I mean, true visitation, the, the, the most uh, memorable ones are the ones when people appear and they seem to be in the prime of life. You know, they might've been old and dying, but when they come back to you, they are like, yes, you may have not even recognized them because you didn't know them when they were that, that age, but that's the, right. the, the classic visitation dream. And, and some of these, uh, you know, diagnostic dreams or, or like the breast cancer dreamer said they were more vivid or more real than any dream they've ever had before, you know? So yeah, there's, right. uh, and, and some of the dream researchers talk about ordinary dreams, which and Jung talked about ordinary dreams, just like leftovers from the day that you're just sort of processing versus the big archetypal dreams that are like, got to pay attention to the, or the recurrent right. dreams or, or th yeah, those sorts of things. Yeah. It was interesting. I was reading the other day that Young actually had a near death experience. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that either, but he certainly, uh, when he, when he wrote the red book, he was going through a spiritual death experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So how can one use, use dreams for, for healing? Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the diagnostic dreams were the basis of the book, but we did include several chapters on healing dreams. And it's, the weirdest thing about the book that still puzzles me to this day is out of the 18 women, only one of them had a dream about holistic therapies, you know, mm -hmm. like, and, and that was my friend who had the uh, precognitive dream about the woman surgeon. She dreamed about raw vegetables and went on a raw food diet and, you know, did well on that. 
but almost all the other ones dreamed about getting strong chemo or radiation or surgery. And this, this was puzzling because these are all very intuitive women who are having these dreams. I assumed they'd be go, you know, go do ayahuasca, go, 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 uh, you right, know, right. On, uh, a shamanic journey, uh, uh, do the macrobiotic diet. None of that. Uh, that, yeah. that puzzled me. That was like, okay, that's really integrative medicine. They're being guided to use, whatever medicine is going to work for them. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess that, you know, a combination of both and everybody, sometimes the drug therapy is definitely, you know, definitely puzzled me. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that this kind of work, you know, keeping, I know we're just at the very surface of it, but keeping a journal and writing your dreams down, it just gives it, I, I get the vision of, um, I know the Native Native American. I can't tell you specifically the name of of the tribe, but they would in the morning they would gather all the children around, and they would the first thing they would talk about are their dreams. And they believed, which I I'm very open open to this, is that the dream world is actually more real than this is as real as this as this this world here and you hear that in near-death experiences all the time that you know when they are on the other side for you know that's what i'm going to call it right now um it's they're more vivid more alive it's so much more real than than you know art this earthly realm so how do you think that we could use this information um, with, with children. Yeah, I think it'd be them. a great tradition to reestablish and, and have the breakfast table be the dream table, you know, every morning and you get a, yeah. and I mean, I was fortunate that my daughter did that on her own when she was two or three, she started making these illustrated dream journals of all the scary, like villains in her dreams and all the heroes. And, and she, we, we bound them for her and she had this whole like, dream books you know so wow when she was two or three three, yeah and then she went on to become a a, a, a creative writer so interesting wow well you know unfortunately we're going to have to um wrap this up but do you have any words of wisdom or anything else you'd like to share i guess uh if you go to either larryburke.com or letmagichappen.com you you can watch the ted talk and uh, click on the thing to get your um, keeping a dream diary blog and you can learn to keep your dream diary and then i've got a lot of other blogs that you can that you can watch so ah wow well i've learned a lot today well thank you so much Mm bye-bye thank you so much for listening in today if you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.